It's all about putting the probabilities in your favor. And generally speaking, when something goes much, much higher in price, what we can expect from it is less going forward. If something has been out of favor, but you know it still meets the criteria of being a good investment overall, well then candidly, you should probably be buying a little bit more of it because now the future returns or should be expected to be higher. Welcome to Retire Smarter with Kevin Krosky. Find answers to your toughest questions and get educated about the financial world. It's time to retire smarter. It's another episode of Retire Smarter. Thanks for being with us today. Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Krosky. He's the president and wealth advisor at True Wealth Design, serving you in Northeast Ohio, the greater Pittsburgh area, and Southwest Florida. You can find Kevin online at truewealthdesign.com and schedule your 15-minute call with an experienced financial advisor on the team. Kevin, great to be with you once again, sir. How you been? Walter, I'm, I'm doing much better now. You've been um, on the mend for a while. Well, I yeah, I was a little under the weather the last time we recorded our podcast. Uh, I actually had to, to push it off because uh, I was uh, not doing well. And um, they want to, I was like, hey, maybe we'll just do kind of a... A replay of a prior one and um and you were gracious and said oh let's just push it a couple of days and i still wasn't feeling that much better uh, Ke- but Kevin i suck- wanted a day off and i said no <laughs> <laughs> basically yes <laughs> and um the show must go on Kevin. it's the rule of showbiz right yeah you know, i got through it and then when i was listening to it i mean i i could just tell i was you know i was pretty flat and um maybe not as coherent in explaining some things that uh, I could have been in. And in fact, the way that I, I, I could most tell this, Walter, was you made a pretty funny joke about how you were a, a UNC alum, um, but you were also a Duke fan because your wife works there and Duke contributes a fair amount to the household income, which I thought was a, a great little tidbit that you put in. And I, by my response, uh, I just... didn't even recognize how funny that was. Kevin must not be up to speed on basketball rivalries here. So, so uh, so what I wanted to do today was kind of not, not kind of start out with an excuse, but really uh, I think there's a few things that I mentioned in the last episode that I I could do a better job explaining, but also are are really important uh, for people to understand. Uh, It is a little, as as I like to say, kind of eggheady. So you might have to get out the some sort of geek alert music throughout today. Um, But it's really important for retirement income purposes when you're using your portfolio to go ahead and and create that income that's going to last your lifetime. And um, there's definitely some math kind of underpinning it, uh, but we will do our best. I will do my best to keep it higher level. And some of this is going to be familiar to a certain degree, but um, I'm almost certain uh, that some of it will be a little bit new and things that people necessarily have not connected the dots before. So we'll break this up into the next two episodes, try to keep it a little bit shorter. Uh, We'll see if I can stick to that just because it is a little bit more egg-heady, if you will. So we'll try to make it more digestible. Well, Kevin, I had the staff actually pull a little something together for us here. And so uh, here we go. <laughs> that is our new egghead alert sounder, in fact. So we, I had it prepped and ready for today's episode. <laughs> that, that is awesome. Um, yes, let's let's keep this. We will. Um, I have a feeling you might you might be sounding that with some regularity uh, here forward. <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to overdo it, but uh, we'll slide it in from time from time to time. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So I guess I'll set the stage here and we'll see how this progresses. But 
you know, the last episode um, was titled, you know, should you sell an underperforming investment? And, and what I explained was a lot of times, you know, it's, it's maybe not so much an investment problem, but more um, kind of the style or the asset class is out of favor. The analogy that I always use, uh, think about, you know, you're in the kitchen, you know, the ingredients that you're using in your recipe are like the investments that you're selecting. Uh, and then the investment allocation or how you're combining the ingredients is just that. Uh, and studies show that over time, the recipe actually matters more than the ingredients. And that's something that a lot of people, uh, I don't think they, even if they know it, they probably don't really appreciate it. So certainly we want good ingredients, but ultimately we want a good recipe because that in fact does matter a little bit more over time. And one of the things that we talked about was, you know, just because something's out of favor, uh, if it still makes sense to own it, you know, every asset class is going to go through periods of time where it's going to be out of favor relative to something else. It's just investing. And, and one of the things that you remarked um, quite positively too, <laughs> I always quip and say, every time you look at your investment statement, uh, there's probably something you, that you should be unhappy with because if everything is moving in concert with one another, then that's a, a pretty good indication that you're not diversified. And this idea of diversification, um, it, it can be defined mathematically and, and it should be understood that way, at least by your advisor or, or by yourself, if you're kind of going it alone. Um, but that's really when I, what, what I wanted to get into a little bit more. I kind of talked about it uh, to a certain degree. I mentioned something called terminal wealth dispersion, which I'm surprised you haven't hit the alarm just yet, Walter. <laughs> I, I said I wasn't going to overdo it. But. <laughs> All right. Um, but, 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 it, but just for posterity, uh, sure, we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, in, in the next episode, we'll, we'll kind of talk about uh, that terminal wealth dispersion a little bit more. And, and it really does matter a great deal when it comes to retirement income. Um, so this one, we'll start off with talking about uh, risk and standard deviation. And again, it kind of relates to diversification to a certain degree. But um, we're going to take it a step further with uh, in the next one with that terminal wealth dispersion. And again, all this relates not only just to your investments, but making sure that your money's gonna last and you have a good effective retirement income strategy. So it certainly uh, is important to understand. And uh, we'll kind of start this off. Um, Walter, do you remember the old bell-shaped curve from when you were going through school? The bell-shaped curve, yeah. My, my favorite of curves, actually. Your favorite? I didn't <laughs> know you had a favorite curve. <laughs> It's one, one of the easier ones to understand in math class. I think. Were, were you, was it one of your more favorite ones because you were on the right-hand side of that curve? Or That's were you right. on the, just yes. all, I, all I needed to do was be just a little right of center, and I knew I was in good shape. That's right. <laughs> okay. So let me just kind of talk about this a little bit. Um, I'll use some numbers, but then I'll come back and, and use some examples and probably going to be a little bit better that way. But when you think about the market, just say the S&P 500, the standard deviation or you know how consistent it is if you will if you look back over time let's just say it's it's about 20 percent. there's periods of time where it's a little bit more volatile than that there's periods of time where it's a little bit less than that and walter i know you know this answer and so um <laughs> don't fail me now but if you look back through long-term history on average what's the return of the market of the s p 500 oh what eight eight or eight percent or so plus or minus one with a standard deviation of one <laughs> we, I don't know if there's like an anti-egghead alert, but <laughs> we might need to find one of those. Um, so let's just call the return 10. After 2019 happened, and I, I candidly, I, it, we're early 
2021 right now. Um, I, I didn't look before recording this, but it's probably closer to 11 uh, now if you go back a little bit more than uh, the 100 years or about the 100 years that it's been around. But let's just, to make the numbers a little bit more accessible for talking, let's just say it's 10. It's pretty close to about 10% annualized return per year and then a 20% standard deviation. All right, so if we think about our bell-shaped curve, you know, that line in the middle is that 10% return. And what the standard deviation tells us, if you move out, like you indicated, kind of that plus or minus one standard deviation from the average return, uh, then what we do is we take the 10 and subtract 20 from it, which is? Negative 10. Negative 10, and then we take the 10 and we add 20 to it, which is? 10. We, I'm sorry, we take the 10. Oh, repeat. that's just not fair. <laughs> Anti-egg head alert. Anti- <laughs> All right, so minus 10 to 30. So 10 plus 20 is 30. That was the answer that I was looking for. Thank you for playing, Walter. But um, but that's kind of the plus or minus one standard deviation uh, for the S&P 500 if you look back, you know, uh, round numbers over the last 100 years or so. So let's pause for a moment and just, just kind of digest that. So the one thing that, that comes out to me is, you know, there's a lot more numbers, if you were more of a range on the positive side or above zero. You know, you have minus 10 to 30, you know, there's, you know, only goes down to minus 10. Um, I, I like that, how that's kind of skewed, if you will. You know, so, you know, you go all the way up to 30% there. So there's a lot more positive numbers than negative numbers. And again, I mean, it, it's kind of simple and obvious, but I think it's it's certainly important to point that out. And mathematically, you can say that, you know, if you look back over all of those years of, that we've had the S&P 500, on average, the market goes up about uh, two out of every three years or so. So again, that kind of makes sense as well when you put it together. And if we go out um, that, or excuse me, if we looking at that one standard deviation, what we can say is about two thirds of the time, the return of the S&P 500 is gonna be between that minus 10 and positive 30%. So again, one standard deviation about two thirds of the time between minus 10 and positive 30. And so these are, these are annualized returns. That's also something that's important to understand. If I go out one more standard deviation, so now we're at plus or minus two standard deviations. Here we go, minus 30 to positive 50. And here we can say with about uh, 95% of the time or 95% confidence that the returns are going to fall, you know, yearly returns are going to be falling between those two numbers. So again, same thing. We have a lot more kind of positive skew, if you will, uh, there. And one of the reasons why I think this is important is just to understand what to expect. When I was in my 20s, I'll kind of try making a little analogy here, but when I was in my 20s and 30s, you know, it's like I didn't have any health issues. Yeah, sure, I'd get, you know, catch a cold every now and then, but, you know, I didn't have any issues that precluded me from being physically active, from working out, jogging, biking, doing what, really whatever I wanted. And now I'm in my mid 40s and I've had, you know, uh, several um, foot issues. Uh, I've got a partially torn rotator cuff. You've got regular aches and pains. And so my definition of health is, is shifting a little bit. And I imagine a lot of people that are listening to this are going to, you know, probably tell me it's going to continue to do that as I age. And, but my long-term goal is as long as I'm relatively healthy and I have a long, healthy life, you know, that's great. Um, and ultimately, I, I have to kind of, I don't want to say suffer through, but I have to accept, you know, some of those aches and pains. And when you think about the investment markets and, and retirement planning, 
you know, ultimately the basic goal of retirement planning is to make sure that your money lasts at least a little bit longer than you do. Uh, we don't know how long, you know, you're going to live. We don't know what the returns are going to be, you know, in any given year or anything like that. So we have this uncertainty, but statistics in the standard deviation tend to be a decent way to start at least thinking and dealing with uncertainty. Sure, you could go ahead and put your money down at the bank and just, you know, take whatever rate of interest the bank is paying you or not. And you're going to have very little standard deviation, very little wiggle factor, if you will. You're going to have a very consistent uh, return pattern. You're going to have your, your, your corpus, your principal, plus you know, some small rate of interest, which will move a little bit over time, but it's not going to move that much or that quickly. But again, that's probably not going to be the best way to make sure uh, and put the probabilities in your favor that you're not going to outlive your money. So usually that, that means that we have to start investing in stocks, which are inherently riskier, have a bigger wiggle factor or standard deviation like we just talked about. But again, you know, we just need to kind of understand that and know that that's some, some of those aches and pains of investing in the market. You know, in any given year, we could have a bad year, but over time, the market creates wealth, helps our money grow, outpace inflation, and will help us make sure that it lasts a little bit longer than we do for our retirement planning. Same thing you can think about for weather. So you know, recording this in February, there's a huge snowstorm going through the Northeast right now. And, you know, it's quite cold that's there. So you go in July, on the other hand, and it's going to be really hot. You average those two together and it looks like Northeast Ohio has the weather of uh, San Diego or something like that. But, you know, just putting your head in the freezer and your feet in the oven maybe means on average that <laughs> you're pretty good. But um, I, I don't think anybody would really want to do that. San Diego, on the other hand, has very consistent uh, weather pattern. You know, it's kind of a boring, beautiful 70 degrees, it seems, uh, every day there, at least Usually when I visit, uh, that's what it's been. So we see this sort of consistency or lack thereof in, in other areas, whether, again, whether it's our health and things kind of change over time, we get some aches and pains and we kind of get a new normal as we age, but we still have that long-term goal of being having a long, healthy life. Or, you know, when it comes to investing, you can put your money into safer assets with a slower wiggle factor, less standard deviation, more consistency, but obviously you're kind of giving up uh, what may be uh, a better potential to earn more over time in the stock market. Let me pause for a moment. Walter, I, I haven't heard the geek alert uh, alarm for a while, but how are we doing kind of making the analogies here and making this a little bit more accessible? I almost triggered it when you used the word, I think it was corpus. Corpus, yes, principle. Principle, okay. I think corpus is probably a, a Latin derivation. <laughs> there we go. That deserved it. <laughs> alert. The, the Latin derivation, yes, that's that, that'll usually trigger the egghead alert. Um, no, I think I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down, understanding um, th that that concept and idea. I think the weather analogy is a perfect one. Like I've been to Hawaii three times: May, August, and November the three different months that I was able to visit the state. And it was in pretty much the same part of Hawaii every time. And the weather was the exact same every single time. Like Hawaii is either 88 degrees or, you know, plus or minus two or three degrees. But it's pretty much always the same compared to like the Northeast or the Southeast where we have these wide ranging temperatures. And I get the idea that, you know, to know how to pack properly for where you're going, you have to take those things into account. And so if we're going to be in the market and investing, we just need to know that, at least it sounds to me, Kevin, like it's it's still a pretty wide standard deviation. I mean, minus 10 or plus 30, 
that's a pretty big difference. Uh, we're not talking about, like, if you use that standard deviation for the weather, I mean, we're packing completely different clothes um, if we're going on a trip that's going to have, you know, that potential variance uh, in our destination. So knowing that is okay, it just helps us prepare a little bit differently. And I also think back to last year with the drop in the market, it, it brings some comfort, I guess, when you experience those anomalies to know that, okay, this isn't this isn't a normal year. This doesn't fall in the standard deviation, at least this exact moment. Although I guess at the end of the year, maybe it did fall within the standard deviation, which is kind of interesting and ironic to think about. Um, yes. Uh, and, and it, you know, I don't want to get too far off kind of a technical tangent here, but I would say that the daily returns of the market um, are not necessarily a bell-shaped distribution. Uh, that normal distribution that we've been talking about, it's its something a little bit different. Uh, they call it the, the tails are a little bit fatter, if you will. Um, but if you look at it on an annualized basis, it, it approximates it, the normal curve or bell-shaped distribution approximated quite, quite nicely. Um, so, and, and that's part of your point, right? Like you, you, you're, you're not trying to evaluate things on a day-to-day -day basis. It's always bringing that thought process back to the long term. Not only bringing back to the long term, but making sure that we have proper expectations so we can be a disciplined and prudent investor. You know, if, if you're not expecting that it's candidly, it's normal that the market can sell off and go down, um, you know, minus 10, minus 20, maybe even minus 30%, then more likely than not, when that does happen, and inevitably it will, you're going to make a bad decision, probably a fear-based emotional decision, and selling out at the same time when expected returns, future returns, are likely going to be a lot higher. So the reason I, I don't get, I, I don't think I've ever, at least for the last decade, probably early in my career, I, I may have mentioned standard deviation in a client meeting, but you know, I, I don't do it anymore. I'll say wiggle factor. You know, certainly I'll talk about return expectations. I think that's important to understand. But mathematically, you know, we kind of worry about these things, but it's what I would say for anybody listening to this needs to take away from it is to really understand that you, you need to have these expectations that this is, this is in fact normal, you know, that markets are going to sell off over time. And then when it does happen, when you do have kind of a negative return, maybe a big negative return, what are you going to do about it? Now I can say from a retirement planning standpoint, we go through all of this with our clients. You know, we have their goals in there. We have what it costs to go ahead and live their lifestyle. Anything that's not being met from Social Security or pensions is going to be produced by their investment portfolio. Um, their shorter term dollars need to be in, generally speaking, in, in higher quality assets that are more reliable and have less of a wiggle factor. But for most people, you know, they're going to need to go ahead and put some of their money at risk to have it grow over time with the expectation that it's going to grow over time and, you know, continue to build that wealth, continue to outpace inflation and help them, you know, have their money last their lifetime. So it's really about these expectations. Um, again, it's, it's not abnormal. And just because an investment, you know, we've been talking about the S&P 500, but we, we talked about in the last episode was really kind of more about these asset classes maybe being in or out of favor. And the question was, hey, when do you sell an underperforming investment? And, and basically the answer was, hey, if it's, if it's still a good you know, part of your recipe, it's probably normal that it's just going through a period of time that you, know, you couldn't foresee. You didn't have kind of the back to the future time machine and, and kind of go into the future and, and get that book that Biff had and just kind of predict you know, who was going to win the Kentucky Derby or whatever it was that he did to, to make all his money. We don't have that crystal ball. We don't have that time machine. So we deal with probability, we deal with uncertainty, and we try to do different things that will put the odds into your favor 
to have things work, to have you make money, to have you manage risk. Um, but you really need to have the proper expectations, care and diligence to go ahead and stick with the plan over time. And that's why I think, you know, definitely this concept is a little eggheady. Um, but you know, this is why it's also pretty important to understand how markets do in fact work over time. If only we could have our own copy of the Gray's Sports Almanac of nineteen fifty to two thousand, like they did in Back to the Future, that'd make the whole uh, whole planning thing a lot easier to accomplish. But hey, we don't have that, so we have to settle for uh, relying on you, Kevin, to kind of guide us through uh, these different conversations and uh, make sure that we're well prepared financially into the future. Uh, I know that we we triggered the egghead alert a couple of times on the show today, but ultimately, I feel like we got some good clarity here. So I thank you for kind of walking us through standard deviation and. Uh, even though you really, really tripped me up there with the minus 10, plus 10, now we're going to go back to plus 20. And I, th- I think you didn't set me up for success there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm calling foul on that first one. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to go back and review the footage. But I'm pretty sure you said minus 10, plus 20. So that was, uh, that was you know, I, I feel like I should get partial credit for that one due to the way the question was asked. It, it's quite possible. Um, we will we will see. So I'll, I'll wait for it to come out, and uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it in March. How about that? There you go. That sounds like a good plan. And so on the next episode, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what terminal wealth dispersion is. That sort of the direction that we're we're going in. The the, the next egghead topic. So now that we have um, the basics uh, of standard deviation that we're talking about, and we can start talking about diversification and what that means and and how most people probably understand it, I would say is lacking. And it again, it matters a great deal because the whole purpose of this is tilting the odds in your favor. We talked about it in the last episode where um, some of the basketball analytics, we use the example uh, of you know trying to push Kobe to his left rather than to his right. And he had a lower probability of, of scoring or certain things that you may do uh, in playing blackjack. And even though you're not going to win every time, you still want to you know play those probabilities and put those odds in your favor. So you know that's ultimately kind of where we were and, and where we're going. Uh, and we'll dive into diversification a little bit more and talk about continuing to tilt those probabilities into your favor. So your retirement plan works and your money lasts longer than you do. And again, these conversations started with episode 65. So if you want to get some more of that baseline conversation, feel free to go back an episode and listen to that one. It was um, about should you hold, continue to hold an underperforming investment. Good conversation, even though Kevin was a little under the weather. I think there were still a lot of good nuggets in there. So go check that one out. And then, yeah, be sure to come back for the next episode when we dive a little bit deeper into that topic of diversification and uh, get a little bit more sophisticated conversation about that financial buzzword. Between now and then, if you have any questions for Kevin, don't hesitate to reach out. You can call 855-TWD-PLAN. That's 855-893-7526. You can also go to truewealthdesign.com and click on the Are We Right For You button and schedule a 15-minute call with an experienced financial advisor on the True Wealth team. That's truewealthdesign.com. And we'll put that contact info in the description of today's show to make it easy on you. We're coming up on the next episode. Hope you'll come back and join us. For Kevin Krosky, I'm Walter Storholt. Talk to you next time on Retire Smarter. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.